This is the Servers Radio Network. Welcome to this edition of the Servers Journey with Rocky DeStefano. The premise of the show is that everyone is leading something or someone. Whether you're a parent leading your family, a coach leading a team, or a team member leading a few. Or even a CEO leading a whole organization. We're all on a path of being a leader. Thus, the title of the program is A Server's Journey. Thanks, Larry. Uh, Everybody, welcome to the show. I'm sitting here with my non-GMO, organically grown, fair trade coffee. Uh, (laughs) Misty, the studio dog, is laying at my feet. I can't imagine a better place to be. And she's just listening for every every word. She is becoming a servant leader. Yes. Uh, but I hope everybody listening is is able and ready to walk this journey of leadership with us. That's fantastic. Now, I understand you have a guest today. Yeah, we do. Uh, uh, Michael Shelley, uh, who is uh, a big part of a ch- local church called Real Life. A what? A church? That's right, yeah. Leadership? And so this is a very compelling story, a very compelling organization. Um, it's a church unlike a lot of churches in that they take a very business approach to serving their product, which is, in this case, the gospel. But but, it, but it's been one of the fastest-growing churches in America, yeah, right? Yeah, since 2003, it, it's been on the top 100 uh, growth lists uh, many times, and uh, they've expanded to many campuses, and we're excited to have Mike. Uh, you're going to learn a lot about being a servant leader. Okay, well, I'm excited to, to hear about Mike, but I understand we have an epic moment for us. Yes, we have an epic, epic moment, moment in leadership. And, you know, we, we try to find good and bad. I, I can tell you, we have a lot more luck finding bad, unfortunately. <laughs> so this is a... But these are epic moments. They are epic, yes. Epic moments for sure. Uh, this one is about Tony Hayward. He was the CEO at BP during the Gulf of Mexico oil spill. Uh-oh. Yeah, and it, it this was a pretty big disaster, um, not only because of the oil. Tony was kind of a pretty big disaster. Um, he what, was... Was he a little selfish about yeah, this? Yeah, okay. He, he was kind of maybe known for his selfishness. I don't know if servant leadership was in his vocabulary. Yeah. But hopefully it is now. Maybe he's turned a corner, but... He apparently, during the middle of all this, took a day off to go sailing, um, and it was right in the middle of this crisis. And even worse, he famously remarked, I'd like my life back. Meanwhile, thousands of Americans were counting their losses. Wow. It was a big deal all up and down. I can remember people out on the the shore scrubbing the animals down. Yes, and then what it did to the tourism industry and all these people that their bread and butter was people wanting to come to a beach. People don't want to come to a beach when it's covered in oil. So when when you're a servant leader... Yeah. Some of the words that shouldn't be in your life were, <laughs> yes, I yes. want to take my life back. Yeah. Well, you know, the, here's a reality. We all think it, I'm sure, in our weakest moment. I don't know that it's something you should say or propagate within your organization because, you know, in these epic moments, this is what we want to get across. Everybody leads. What kind of leader are you going to be? Mm, yeah. And when the oil hits the water or the rubber hits the road, that's when you find out, right? Absolutely. So everyone leads the question, what kind of leader are you going to be?
Wow, thanks for sharing that epic moment in leadership here on a server's journey. You're very welcome. I think we'd be better get Mike on the phone right now. I agree. So today I'd like to introduce uh, Mike Shelley. Uh, he is from Real Life Church, and I'm going to have Mike just explain. First of all, Mike, if you could, welcome to a server's journey. And if you could, tell us what your official title is. Well, first, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Yeah. I am uh, outreach pastor here at Real Life, which for Real Life, that is um, uh, outreach for local, global. Um, I'm also responsible for volunteers and for generosity. And I work on the central team, so I'm working with all of our campuses around Central Florida. That seems like a pretty, uh, pretty far-reaching job. I'm going to have you explain about that a little, in <laughs> just a little bit. But you know, first of all, Mike, talk talk a little bit about yourself. Uh, you know, where you're from and your family, uh, just the important things to you. Well, the most important is I am a, a husband and father of three, grandfather of soon to be five. And uh, that is that is by far the best part of, of everything going on in my life. That's not sound that old to me. <laughs> no, he's exceedingly young. Yes. And I'm saying that because he's younger than I am and I need that, you know, ego stroke too. <laughs> so that's the best part of life right there. I mean, honestly, you can't, you can't have a bad day when you got the grandkids that when you walk in the door and they happen to be over and they yell, Poppy, and come running to you. It is just, it's just great. So that's, that's the best part. Um, I spent 23 years at Raymond James Financial uh, in, in their home office, mostly in the uh, management and the IT area, working with uh, uh, IT and the financial advisors. So I was a licensed financial advisor only so that I could understand what they're dealing with. And so I kind of played the middle between uh, between what the advisor was doing in the field and what IT was trying to build and develop and, and train on. So, Where's their home and, office? Uh, Where's their home sorry? office? Tampa, um, Tampa, St. Pete is the uh, is the home office of of, of a very large, uh, still considered regional because they're not on Wall Street uh, broker term. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Mike, Mike, tell us uh, what what did you find fulfilling about that job? What what areas really really motivated you as a as a team member? So when when you know I was not a Christian back then, so you know for me it, it was the it was the challenge of the next. Uh, the next promotion, the next step on the ladder, right. and um, as I uh, as I come up on 493 weeks coming Monday of being a Christian, I, I I jumped off that career ladder as soon as I possibly could and started to just reevaluate everything. I mean, the purpose the purpose of, of financial gain and, and growth and career was was kind of off my uh, my my and my number one list then. So I kind of just regrouped and. Spent the next uh, five years, kind of, um, kind of creating my own role there. And they, they were, I mean, Raymond James was great. They were very generous to me and allowed me to do a lot of things that probably wouldn't have allowed most, at the, especially in the in the down market. So it was pretty cool. And I got a little. Um, I, I would tell you, I was planning on retiring there. I mean, life was good. There was no reason to, to sure, think differently. Sure, rock the boat. Yep. And yeah, it's pretty. No, no worries. You know, I kind of created my own role, and I was having fun doing it. Um, got to work out of uh, the Winter Garden office with my wife, so I was, we were having a, I was having a good time. Um, had a couple nights straight of like some really sleeplessness, and um, uh, kept waking up and praying. And I actually went out to the kitchen, was reading, was reading some scripture, and man, I, it just it just kind of hit me at that third that third morning. I told my wife, I said, I feel like I got to reach out to real life and just see if they they need me um, or could use me, really. Mike, were you and, uh, attending Real Life at that point, or were you? Yeah, going? so I had been we had been attending Real Life for uh, 
five or six years at that point. Okay. And um, yeah, I've been involved. We're, we're leading uh, two Becoming One marriage classes uh, in a men's group on Mondays. Just um, really, really enjoying in, enjoying uh, real life, you know, kind of as a, as a consumer. Right. Now, um, um, I've, yeah, got, so that, I've got to stop us here. What is real life? Uh, we're nationwide, you know, we don't. What is real life? That's thank you, Larry, yeah, so for re- saving real me. Real life <laughs> is our is our uh, non-denominational church here in Claremont. How, uh, home, the first first of the seven campuses are in Claremont. Um, the eighth campus is our Spanish uh, campus here on Claremont also. Then we have seven other locations outside of in Central Florida. Wow. Uh, we're about 6,500 on a weekend right now. Um, on a course of a of a, of a year, just over 4,000 volunteers. Um, so it's a it's it's we have an online campus that that's maybe 2,000 people a weekend at this point. Um, but just yeah, it's a it's a great place. It's a very relational, very real. Um, obviously, it, it it got my wife and I connected in a way that that, that somehow. <laughs> Got me moving in a direction of wanting to leave uh, uh, a job I was coasting at, really, and able to able to um, uh, switch gears in the ministry. So, talk to me about. Um, it, it sounds like that was part of the switch, uh, and, and I think you, you've definitely explained a lot about real life. But, but I know it, it's it's one of the fastest growing churches in the country. Is that correct? It, it had been. We've been on that top uh, one hundred for a number of years on fastest growing. Um, it's a, it, I think from 2003 to, to now, you're, you're probably 2003 looking at 200, 250 members to now, uh, you know, or 250 attendees to now over 6,500 on a weekend. And, and, and that, that part of our, uh, of what we're trying to do is um, we, we follow an intentional uh, church growth plan. Right. And uh, our executive pastor is one of their coaches. And, and that allows us to really strategically plan how do we how are we going to double impact in five years how are we going to make more and better disciples in a five-year span and then what does the next one year look like so that we can really focus on what we need to fix or do or improve or whatever it may be uh, toward that goal of five years and we renew that plan every year and we we do that same plan with uh, our partners here in Florida so if uh, so, New Beginnings Rocky, as you know, is right. our is the homeless program. We will do this, this strategic planning with them. Um, Monty, our executive pastor, and I will head to India once a year and do uh, the renewal and the plan with our India partner, who's church planting there. Um, so it's a big it's a big part of us, and and that is um, where we really learn a lot about what we can what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong and, and how to fix that. Stuff. Now, I came from a, a background where uh, I went to one church that was on the corner, and and that was it. You say you've got how many locations? Well, so there's the main there's a main location right here in Claremont, and that's um, uh, the the first location. And now there are seven others around Orlando. So the goal is Vision Orlando. Let's circle Orlando with uh, with high capacity churches. How do you do that? I I don't understand how that concept works. Yeah, and and, so and you have <laughs> it's pretty cool because we have our lead pastor Justin Miller is fantastic, and and we. We will broadcast him from here and stream him to the other locations. So if you're if you're here in Claremont, you're going to see him live. If you're at one of the other locations, you're going to see a stream of him uh, at that moment. And it works well. It's uh, the multi-site model kind of follows that in in, in many churches um, where you have a, a broadcast location. So you don't have people speaking at every one. You, you really what you de- what you decide is you know you have a great communicator. We have a great communicator in our lead pastor Justin and 
it's much better to take and stream him than to try to find better communicators all over the place. Sure, yeah. So now it, it sounds like when you were at Raymond James, James you're coasting, you, you like your job, you kind of created your own role, but it sounds like you were almost woken up. So when you made this switch to real life, you feel like in some ways this was a God-inspired move. Totally. I had no reason to switch except that he kind of put it put it on me on those three sleepless nights. To, and really, I would say he kind of nudged and poked me a little bit so that that third morning when I, I kind of said it out loud to my wife, uh, I think I need to reach out to real life. I was like, man, did I really say that out loud? Like, yeah. I really, yeah. Is that really what I want to do? And Well, I mean, I churches mean, that, are so yeah. well known. You know, churches are so well known to pay so much. I'm sure, you know, it was not a big shock to her. or You know, I'm, I'm sure it came as a first, wow. First thing on your mind is how are we going to afford that? Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. Well, how, how many team members do you have at Real Life across all seven campuses and eight services? So the, um, the, the 4,093 is what our count was for last, uh, last calendar year. Wow. That could be anywhere from somebody who serves a, a one-time uh, event, like a night to shine, special needs prom, where they only serve that one night, and but they gave it. It was a great, incredible night, and they're on the list of somebody who served. Or it could be somebody who you could be in kid life uh, changing diapers every weekend, um, and, and you would be on that list too. So there's a wide range of, of opportunities to serve. We also have another role in here called partners, and what we have found is most of the roles we talk about on the volunteer side are weekends, weekend services. Right. When you get into, into during the week, we have a, we're, we're running this church during the week. I mean, we have a lot to do to get ready for the weekend. And we have found, uh, now we're up to over 28, um, partners. And these people have committed to 10 hours a week of volunteer time during the week, typically in roles that, you know, they may have had a skill in before I have, uh, we have a, um, a past CFO of a, of a well-known, uh, brokerage firm in New York also who is is volunteering his time to help in the finance team and help to to redesign some things I mean just just fantastic what you're able to find in your in your core uh, core group of people who have some time on their hands oh, wow so I love this idea because you know when most people think about team members or employees they're thinking just the paid staff but you have a role that is very all-encompassing because you're talking about not only the paid staff, but all these, this army of volunteers, which in effect become part of your team. How, how you do kinda, you have... You kind of have a... You, you kinda, when you look at those numbers, you kind of have to think through, like, on a normal, on a normal weekend, you know, if the growth, if, if you're trying to have everyone in your, in your membership and congregation to be connected and to grow um, and to then in some way serve or, or you know, missional living... I mean, everyone's got to do something. So the serving side of, 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 a, of a person's spiritual walk, walk is, is there. Like yeah. we, everyone should be. So if 65 people, 6,500 people are here on a weekend, at some point you're hoping 6,500 people are serving too. Yeah, you want to get them off the sidelines and into the game. Yeah. yeah. So how do you, it sounds like you have this great culture at, at Real Life. How, how do you go about creating that culture and, and, and what are some things that you do to try to, you know, keep it going, keep a compelling culture going? Well, I, I think culture is one of those things that while it's, uh, uh, it can get away from you, you can be very intentional about how you create it. And, we're, and we are always working on that. That is not something that, you know, that we've got the, the silver bullet and everything is all set and, and culture is perfect and all the volunteers are loved and appreciated and, and you know, want to serve more. 
Um, I wish that was the case. We're yeah. not there yet. Sure. Uh, the the, uh, the what we're trying to really do is it's it's, it's shorten or, 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 or decrease the span of care. So if I'm a ministry leader and I I happen to have uh, um, you know kid the kid life area and I've got you know 150 volunteers on the weekend, I can't I can't show them all love and affection and ask them how they're doing and and really even get into um, uh, uh, you know how can we make their jobs you know, their their roles even better? I can't get into all that. So what we need, we're trying to do is create small circles, uh, smaller circles, span of care. So hey, I, I'm a ministry leader. I've got five, and those five then have five, and those five have five. So you got to continually build kind of higher higher level leaders in the volunteer corps, so that when that first time volunteer comes in, they have somebody that they're kind of associated with, and that person's the one who's pouring into them and making sure that if they have any prayer requests, we've got them, and if there's any, if they, if they have an issue at home that we know about it, I mean, just sure. just you can't you can't expect one person to do it all. So we try to figure out how does that look on a on a uh, circles of influence. So so for you guys, it's very important to create these teams where you've got you know everybody's got somebody they're kind of looking after and 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 they're making sure that they feel loved and appreciated. Loved and appreciated, and I think the you know um, there's a little bit of everyone has a little bit of, of needing to be uh, needed and known. And uh, so, you know, what are what are the needs that the church has? And we don't want it to be about the church needs. We want it to be about your spiritual growth because you're serving. But it comes down to, hey, we have these these are the things that have to get done. And somewhere along the way, this is going to fit somebody's uh, uh, skill set perfectly. And, and we just want to make sure that as they as they get into that role and they start to serve, that they're loved, appreciated, and known. You know, and right. um, sharing even sharing with some of those high level volunteer leaders what our strategic plan looks like kind of creates almost a, uh, an insider feel. And man, that, that just, people love to see what we're trying to do from behind the scenes and, you know, kind of pull back the curtains and say, well, here's how we got to the color on the wall. Man, people love that. Yeah. You, you know, and, and I, we've spoken about this before. It's amazing to me. And I think I, I shared this story where, you know, we have a small Italian restaurant right down the street from where I live. And I don't know why, I know the owner, and that means so much to me. I don't know why. I don't know if it's like my narcissistic tendency of wanting to, you know, say, well, I know that, you know. But the food is affected by the fact that I know him, and he's kind of pulled back that curtain. So you guys do work a lot in letting people understand, here's our mission, here's why we're doing it, here's what we're doing, even down to the color of the wall. Talk a little bit about that. Well, I think you you and, and and stepping back a second, like you just said, there's a there's an aspect of um, so we said needed and known already, but there's a little bit of hey, I, I if I know if I, I have a little bit more tolerance when I have a relationship, and and one of the things in the corporate world that struck me as just so harsh is we it was all about results, right? Everything we did was right. was results driven, and and it, it was less about hey, that person is on the wrong seat of the bus, let's find the right seat. It's like that person's on the wrong seat and bus, let's get them out of here and move on. And, <laughs> yeah. and there's no grace involved. Right. And, you know, in a church world, you're, I mean, there might be maybe too much grace, but you really work toward um, what, is the, what is the right balance of grace results. And we have to, we have to uh, push toward results, but finding people the right roles, the right things for them to do that, that matches their skill sets especially in a volunteer role. If I'm not, if I'm not kid friendly and you put me in with kids, I'm not going to last long. Right. Exactly. So, you know, yeah. you got, you got to have the right, the right spots for the, for the, for the, for the people. Right. 
Yeah. So now you talk about, uh, you know, at, at Chick-fil-A, we know who our target customer is. We know that it's, you know, probably a 35-year-old soccer mom with kids who's you know, got a crazy life and is just really trying to get somewhere with good food, quick service, and, or, or a, you know, quick uh, service, but also good service, too. Talk about, um, you guys I know have done a lot around yeah. who your internal customer is. What What's your so, focus? So I- Back to that strategic planning we've talked about, <clears throat> the intentional church stuff. The One of the first things you do as you go through that is you start to figure out what is what is our target. And and when you say target, it's not, hey, we are only trying to reach this person. Sure, yeah. we, we want everyone to find their, their, their home in, in eternity here in, in heaven. But there's a, there's a target that our church is trying to reach, right? So we go through what is going to be the best what is going to be the best opportunity for us to reach. If we reach that one person, that person has the biggest impact. And for us, it's that 32-year-old, God-aware father and husband, right? So he may not, he may not be all in on Jesus, but if we can get him in the, in the church and, hey, the wall color isn't uh, um, you know, pink and the, there's no floral patterns on the couches and the right. chairs aren't the normal hard pews and the, the music is more rock and roll. I mean, by, by the time it's all said and done, you, you, you reach him, he will be the one bringing his family. He will be the one who has the most impact on, the, on, the, on his circle of influence, even at work or friends. Now, that's not to say that we have a lot of um, you know, wives that come in without the husbands or single moms or, or uh, uh, seniors who have retired. I mean, that, that all, they all come. But the, if we target and, and build around this target, then then everything else kind of falls into place. So so that you know, and I share that with our our partners in the volunteer world, just to have give them some idea of how to how we got to where we're at, and um, that we we tweak that a little each year. I mean, a couple of years ago it was a 35 year old, but now we're at 32, and and part of the reason is the 32 year old father has that age group of children that we really want to uh, uh, excel at. You know the you can get those kids to have come to church and want to come back, um, and 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 they're learning about Jesus without even realizing how cool it is. That that's the kind of thing that that will uh, uh, improve, you know, improve that thirty-two-year-old's uh, yeah. desire to come. Well, and and I think it is like it's it's you know you're completely all inclusive. Anybody who wants to come, yeah, you know, the doors are open. But it is important to kind of know. But but here's our you know main demographic, as as you say, you do have to you know, uh, kind of compel them to kind of come in, find ways to make your place as inviting as possible. How, how do you, what do you do about, um, you know, reward? And I'm, I'm going to share real quick. There's, there was a study done and um, there's a, and I didn't know this was a job. I, I wish I knew these things when I was in college, but this gentleman, Dr. Bob Nelson is a recognition expert. Now, I don't know what that pays, but that sounds very interesting to me. You know, I, I, we may have to do some research, but he he has a study where he reports that 58% of workers report that they are seldom, if ever, receive a thank you from their boss. And it, to me, that was really disheartening because we're talking about almost 60% of a workforce that is not receiving any kind of thanks or recognition for their effort. And I, I know that's important because, you know, Merit's research company, they um, show that employees who are recognized on the job are five times more likely to feel valued, seven times more likely to stay with the company, six times more likely to invest in the company, 
and 11 times more likely to feel completely committed to that company. So we know that, you know, that is a huge thing and you mentioned it, people need to be needed and known. What, it sounds like you guys are very intentional. What are some of the things that you do to thank and reward your team? So that, that's one of the hardest, when you, the 4,000 people, right? So what do you do for 4,000 people right. that is going to, you know, so again, if you have the smaller circles where each person is, is, is getting that attention from somebody, um, that, that is very important. Corporate world is so different. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm driving toward results, and the truth is you're getting paid to do a job. Why do I need to tell you you're doing a good job? You're, you should be doing it. This is your job. Yeah, and that you know, was the prevailing thing. thought for, I mean, you know, all of my growing years through the workforce. That was the prevailing thought is, Thank you. I, I thank you every week when I pay you. You, you know, it was a, it's a different yeah, mentality. right, right, exactly. So, so now you look at it from a church perspective. Most of the stuff around here is done by somebody who's not getting paid anyway. So you've got that aspect as step one. Step two on this this whole thing is, hey, this is somebody's. This is their spiritual growth. Like this is not a, hey, this is just to get a job done. If that diaper doesn't get changed, uh, we're going to get a bad review and we've lost. Uh, uh, we're going to lose sales. It's not about that, right? It's about it's about the person who is sitting in the pew, in, in, in our case, the chair, listening to a message maybe for the first time, connecting with God and building a, a home in eternity, and that person who is changing the diaper, who has already gotten to that point and says, I'm doing this for you, Lord. Now we've got to get both of them, and we've got right. to make sure they both feel appreciated. They, and, and part of it is, whether it's the ministry leader who is saying, really great job, really, really incredible that you guys are doing this, and then we're so thankful that you're here, whether it's the verbal or what we, we try to do is on an annual basis do some do some volunteer appreciation type things where we get all the volunteers in and we'll get them in the auditorium and we'll just love on them for a couple hours and then from the staff point of view and just thank them and you know we'll make fun of ourselves as a staff we'll make we'll thank them for everything they're doing and, and really just show them a good time and let them know like hey this 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 church does not work without you like there is right. we don't have enough paid staff that this place works if we don't have the four thousand volunteers. Yeah, and I would imagine that you do a lot of the communicating piece of, hey, you're not just changing a diaper. Changing a diaper allows a mom or a, or a father to be in a church, think, you know, hearing a message without being interrupted and with and with and really without having to worry about their kids being taken care of. So you guys do a lot around that communication piece of it's not just a diaper. Right. I have all the all the ministry leaders are, are on task to do that, and then we do it from a, uh, a higher level on top of, you know, Pastor Miller will, will mention that in, in messages now and then, and, and he'll even, you know, typically call out the, the diaper changer, like, God bless you guys, because not everyone could do that. You know, right. that, that takes a special person, so that some of you can sit in the, in the audience right now, it takes a special person to be in there changing your kid's diaper. And, That's and right. It's, I mean, they it's, know their kids, so they know calling. it takes a special person, right? Well, I... I I'm amazed at that, and, and I've always felt like, uh, you know, the, the two things I'm hearing a lot about are intentionality and then the span of care. I think both of those two are very important. And I think really what you're sharing is it it's not easy, and it doesn't happen without a real clear plan and direction. Very true. I think the other piece of that is you have to have, in every level of leadership at the church, they have to be a, a servant leader. You, you have to come at this with the, it's not about me being first, it's about everyone else's growth and in in, in, in moving toward eternity. I mean, you, Christian leadership, I mean, it is, it is so different than, than, you know, normal 
corporate world leadership. And it really is about giving your best without having to be first, which is the exact opposite of the corporate world, right? You're sure. going to give your best so that you can be first. Right. And, you know, um, we, we're hoping, though, and, and that was a perfect segue, we're hoping that what we're able to do is take these elements, because we agree servant leadership is the way. It, 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 it's really the most compelling way. It does pay great dividends, but you're not doing it for that. It's the right way to serve. And we're hoping that partly through this show, we can encourage people to become servant leaders in an industry like the financial you know, institutions yeah. or at a restaurant or at a hospital. You know, there's got to be a way, and we know the, the stats show that the more you lead this way, you do get great results. But you're backing into the results. If that makes sense, we're, we, you know, we do care about relationships and results, but we care about relationships first, and then the results happen because of those relationships. And when you think about the, when you think about a, uh, I, I kind of, when I'm talking with men about marriages and stuff, I'm always, if I do a wedding, it's usually about the priority. You talk about the priority things. If you can keep God first. Your spouse second, your kids after that, not ahead of your spouse, but your kids after your spouse, and then yourself down the list. You, everything's good. I don't even put work on the list. I mean, that work-life balance. You, you, most people have the easier time becoming workaholics, and not so much on the, on the balance for, <laughs> sure, for, yeah. for their home. So it's that same type of thing. You know, if I can keep that, that the, the the volunteer experience revolved around God first. And and, the, and their ministry leaders around God first, not me first, but God first. And then putting my volunteers ahead of myself, putting my partners ahead of myself, putting my staff ahead of myself, it all falls in place. And I love that idea. I, I really do feel when your focus is not on you and when your focus is on serving other, those things do kind of fall into place, which is a pretty pretty wonderful. You know, if if the results never came we wouldn't have legs very long on, on, on being a servant leader. But, you know, look at your church. There's been tremendous growth, tremendous success, and a lot of it is on how intentional you guys are around being servant leaders. Mike, if you could kind of tell us how somebody can have a first introduction to real life if they've never been or maybe don't live in Orlando. Awesome. So, uh, if if you're in the Orlando area, we, we have the, the seven locations and, and a Spanish service here in Claremont as well. Um, so that would be the easiest thing is to go to www.real.life. There's no .com on the end. It's just real.life. Okay. And find the location for for you that's closest. Now, many people are like, ooh, you know, I don't I don't know. I'm not ready to hit a church. I'm not. I've had a bad experience with church. Um, reasons are endless. <laughs> I yeah. get that. Sure. Um, you can always start start out online. We have a lot of people who will, will watch live online during one of our times for services. There's actually a little chat room on the side if you're if you're doing it on your laptop where you can ask for prayer requests and you can ask questions about what's being said in the message. Um, and we have we have volunteers who are who are running that for us, and it's it's, it's great. Um, or you can watch anytime on the on the uh, web, whether it's the website or the app. You can watch past messages. We also have a talk show called Real Talk, where uh, our lead pastor, Justin Miller, also uh, does kind of a talk show about biblical, um, about issues currently, and then puts a biblical perspective around it. It's fantastic. Yeah. I, I can't send enough people there who are just trying to figure out marriage or, I mean, what is, what, figuring out gambling, divorce, uh, um, uh, alcohol. I mean, there's so much stuff that, 
like this world throws at us, and then he takes it from a biblical perspective. It's fantastic. Yeah, now, all that's online. Is that correct? All online. Now, all it, online. This is amazing because I was sitting here with this question, and I think you just answered it. But with the culture and the marketplace changing, I mean, from going from uh, brick stores to uh, online marketing, you guys are right there. You're already there, aren't you? In the- you, you have to you have to be online. Otherwise, I mean, honestly, every church I know of, uh, I, I'll I'll be at our services, but I may watch a different church, different service sometime during the week because I really like the the way that pastor relates to me. So, um, there, it's all got to be online, and that is it's it's about you have to change with the times. If if, if it's the same with online giving, you know, right. not everybody writes or carry, writes checks or carries uh, cash anymore, right? You have to have things that you can do on your phone and. It's the same thing. You've got to be able to change with the times and be more, uh, you've got to relate. Mike, we've got a, a couple sections before we close, and they're, they're very much fun, so we're going to put you on the spot just a little bit. Um, <laughs> and, you know, if you feel uncomfortable, you can just refuse to answer. But, you know, <laughs> I know you're going to be okay. The, the first segment, we call it This One or That One. And we just gave you two people, and we want you to kind of share which one you admire more and maybe a, a reason why. Sound good? Okay. All right. Okay. All right, so the first first two are Elon Musk or Richard Branson. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'll go with Musk. I think that's just one that he um, – the what he's doing and changing – you know, he's not doing it well yet. But <laughs> at the same time, um, he's taking on something that no one has done well yet. And I, I'm anyone that could be a front runner like that and can. I mean, heck, let's just go back to um, even even watching a documentary recently about Tesla in yeah. the in the in the age of, of Westinghouse and, and Edison. And man, you you're, it's tough to be in the in the forefront of some things like yeah. that. So I, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give it to him. Okay, that sounds great. Uh, Stephen Jobs or Bill Gates? Oh, I'm gonna go with Jobs. Um, I, I just, I just, hey, those are those both of them. I mean, hey, they they are yeah. so yeah. Uh, so close. Um, if you would ask me probably six years ago, I would have said uh, I would have gone the other way with Gates because I was a Microsoft person then, and now I'm an Apple person. So right, you almost yeah. have some some loyalty there. You have to go with, but. They both are impressive. I, I, I actually, I feel like um, Jobs is best is yet to come. Like yeah. I, I, you know, Gates, Gates is now in the in the philanthropy thing. He's going out there. He's got it all going on and, 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 and enjoying it. I'd like to see where Jobs, how Jobs turns out like that before I can really make the call. But right now, I'd say Jobs. I'm an Apple guy. Okay, uh, Steven Spielberg or Walt Disney? Spielberg. Okay. Even okay. though even though a lot of that stuff ends up being under Disney at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, it's kinda uh, all inbred for sure. But talk talk are you just a huge movie buff or Oh, I, I used I mean the Spielberg movies back in the day, uh, in the seventies and eighties and I mean late seventies and eighties. I mean just fantastic. I he was he was the best. Okay. Uh last two, we've got the first one is gonna be Star Wars or Harry Potter. Star Wars. Okay. You know this I have my wife's not a not a uh, science fiction um movie fan so like my star wars days are watching the trilogy in college over and over and over right uh <laughs> so i haven't even caught up on all the other stuff over the last three a few years but harry potter definitely would fall into the haven't seen it haven't wanted to see it right. if i'm going to spend my time on one it'll be catching up on the star wars okay that's fair 
Uh, now, and this last one, I, I have to ask. I, I live in a house with girls, <laughs> and uh, a lot of you know, you know, very direct call that I have to be one-sided here. But this last one is: Are you a Broadway fan or are you a rock and roll fan? Oh, rock and roll yeah, fan. I, I kind of knew that no, about no you. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to try to get you in the show tunes. I would say tunes. the girl, the, the, uh, between the wife, daughter, and I'm, I'm getting, well, the grandkids is a little too early to say, but that's, that's all rock and roll. All right. That's very fair. Well, uh, we re- thank you, Mike, uh, for coming, and you've been really uh, helpful with us and just really showing us how a different industry looks at serving people and, you know, definitely this wrinkle of, uh, the large amount of volunteers that you have that you consider part of your team. But if you could, I, I'd love to close with maybe a leader that you admire or maybe a life quote that you, you try to live by. Well, actually, I think I said the, the quote that, uh, you know, Maxwell, John Maxwell is just fantastic. All his leadership stuff blows me away. And, and I love I love reading, listening. It's it's all it's all good. So I think he's he's the one that will will always be in the forefront for me. But there's a just kind of that saying that I said earlier. Christian leadership is is giving your best without having to be first. Yeah, and that's one that I really I I really just try to live by that. And that and that's also that's at the home too. You know, I, yeah. again, I'm going to give my best without having to be first at the home. I'm going to give my best here. Um, and don't have to be first, and and even 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 with whether it's my idea or not doesn't matter. Whether it, whatever is going to be best, I just want I want to be a part of that, and it doesn't have to make me first. Yeah, that's awesome, and that's a very uh, big task for sure. You know, <laughs> it's one of those life quotes. It's easy to say, and it's harder to live, right? Much harder to live. <laughs> I could say it all day long. I, um, we'll we'll have my wife on next. We'll ask her how I'm doing at home. <laughs> yeah, that that could be dangerous for me because then we'd have to have my wife on, and you know I would be exposed. There's but. not enough room for that. <laughs> well, Mike, we uh, thank you so much for being on the show. And guys, I would encourage you if you're looking for a home, uh, check out check out Real Life. It's a great organization, great church, and they uh, really care about people. Wow, that was very interesting, Rocky. Can you kind of review what Mike just said? Yeah, there's a lot of great content, and I think this would be an episode that you might want to really dig in and kind of maybe listen to a few times. But I I think the the common themes are going to be that nothing happens without intentionality and without a communication of why you're doing what you're doing, your vision and your mission. Um, and and servant leadership. Yeah, and that well, and I think that's like servant leadership is the reason they're being intentional and they're communicating. And then the the other item that I think really stands out to me is the span of care. Understanding that we can't meet everybody's needs, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have to duplicate yourself, and each each of you will have to have a circle of people that you're helping to be known and feel needed. Well, thanks for joining us here on A Server's Journey. Remember to subscribe to the podcast, and you can hear all of what Rocky wants to share, and you can be a good leader. That's what we're working for, learning to lead by serving. And if you subscribe, you know you'll be getting A Server's Journey's moment. Now, that's the the pick-me-up starter of the day. It's like a two-minute episode. If you like what you hear, tell a friend. And like us on Facebook, like us on the wherever you can like us, please <laughs> like us. 
Also, um, Rocky's got some great stories uh, on there on the website. You can check those out. A server's journey. So until next time, I'm just stumbling. It was such a good interview. I'm I'm trying. I'm having a hard time here. <laughs> well, Larry, we we appreciate all you do for the show, and you know, I just want to remind everybody, we consider this to be very important. Uh, you know, we are trying to create a revolution where you can both get results and feel loved and cared for by uh, the places you work. So we are all on this journey together, and it's really about how you serve in your leadership role, whatever that leadership role is. And that's why every week we're sharing a server's journey. I'm Rocky DeStefano. Thanks for joining us, and together we are going to learn to be better leaders.